Reddit Dip To Do and welcome into More Important Issues. It is Wednesday, May 13th. What a time to be a vol. What a time to be alive. Let's just start. Let's start right now. Mac, Mac McClung. Let's do it. Because it ball. just started. Kid, it just started. Kid can flat out ball. I mean, I know I want, I mean, I wanted him at coming right out of high school. Like I was, I was like, man, I feel like I don't know what, what if ever where we were at with him, but obviously, I mean, if you've seen his highlights, he's white and he can hoop. Yeah, he can he can shoot, he can dunk. I mean, what else could you want in a basketball player, right? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I don't know how serious the uh, him to the uh, you know him to the hill is, but the guy that the guy that broke the news April twenty third. Like, I guess not broke the news because no one believed him, but the guy who said he was transferring April twenty third. I don't know who it was. I, I'd gladly give him credit. Somebody said you're ripping LSU tonight. Why is purple only associated with LSU? What about Furman? George Quarles. <laughs> and it's Under Armour. Get out of here. Nice shirt. Um, but what, I don't know what the dude's name was. We look like Clemson. No, I'm not wearing any orange. No, I mean. Oh, we, we do. Yeah, yeah we bomb do. we do. Uh, I think purple's a good color. I look good in purple. I'm one of the few, <laughs> one of the few men who look good in purple. It's, not, it's tough. It, it's tough to look good in purple, but I do it. Uh, like Coach O. Like he looks good in purple. He does. Matt McClung would look good in orange. Matt McClung would look great in orange. I don't think. I don't think we have. Like I, I mean, we don't have any scholarship. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. That's... But the fact that that one dude, I, I don't even know who this is. I'm gonna have to try and find it. He said April 23rd he was transferring. Now he's saying he's in real talks to become a Vol. I mean, I feel like you'd have to at least believe it a little bit. Yeah, and Gate City's close to Tennessee, correct? I mean, right across Tennessee line in yeah. Bristol, yeah. but. I mean, I don't know if that's Tennessee territory or. I don't know. I mean, you could, I mean, you could probably even call it Kentucky. We didn't offer him out of Tech. high school, but I mean, the kid had fifteen point seven points per game in, in the Big East. He played on it. Oh, in the Big East, he also played on a really good high school team. I think they won state that year, and then hmm. I think two of his teammates went D one too. Okay, like, it was a stout team. Yeah, Gate, Gate City was good that year. I don't know, like historically, also how good his they are. Uh, his cousin's riffraff. Yeah, which is interesting to say the least. <laughs> Maybe we maybe like Kansas we can get a riffraff concert for our yeah there you go. there you go or you get a no sugar bowls though. a swiper boy song maybe yeah swiper but, uh, boy and riffraff uh, collab yeah there you go <laughs> so yeah I don't know how real it is I'm trying to find this one guy who or this one account that tweeted it um, but whoever it is they tweeted out April 23rd he was transferring now have tweeted out an hour ago an hour and a half ago that it's he's considering Tennessee yeah I, do you think that's just a the thing to get clicks, you, I'm sure. you know Tennessee fans yeah. are going to lock this thing up. Let's let's say he's interested in Tennessee. Uh, I'm sure it's a little bit of that. And then it also, like, it's it's we just don't miss. Is there, it's called, the, it's hashtag the real sources. Uh, yeah, I have no idea if it's real. Um, if you have to say you're the real sources. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. It's probably a little bit of getting some clicks. Uh, him being, in, you know, in the Kingsport area, a lot of Tennessee up there, you know, obviously. And so it. It's probably like an easy connection. His sister actually played soccer here for three years, oh. so he has he has connections to Tennessee. Uh, again, I have no idea. Like, who knows? Yeah, I mean, if if Rick Barnes and Kim English think that that Mac can help this team, you take him, and, and you don't know you he, take him. He, he's got two years of eligibility, so and and they're not even just two. Yeah, so he, okay. he was a sophomore last okay, year. I was thinking he was a freshman. Um, so they, 
they're not going to vote or they are going to vote, but I think it's going to be for next year's when they're doing the, the one-time transfers. So he might have to sit out. Right. They said he was applying, uh, whoever he confirmed, I think it was one of the draft news people, whoever he confirmed with said he was going to seek a waiver to play Mm -hmm. immediately. Uh, so that's obviously possible. Yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense if he's, if he sits here, it makes sense. Now, if he's coming in right away and expect to play, there's a, we have a lot of guards, a lot of guards. It's kind of like the JT Daniels situation. The dude's good enough that you take him. Yeah. If he wants to be here, you take him. You make it work out. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I mean, the it, fact that good players are even like mention. I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't know if he's mentioning it, but that source has to just happen to have a close a relationship with somebody that's close to Mac McClung, right? Because yeah. I don't know if they've hit on any other like nothing notable they've hit on. I don't think to pick up a ton of. I have no idea. No clue. Yep. No clue. Um, it would obviously be great to get get a guy that averaged 16 points. I wish we could get like a big man, though. <laughs> I mean, I mean, McClung, yeah. I'll take it. But like, right. I wish we could get. Where the, where's, a, where's a 6'10 guy hanging around that wants to play at Tennessee? Yeah, where's the real sources? Where's the. Yeah, let's get some. Where are we getting a big man from? Get a, get some big man talks on. I'll be real pumped. Yeah. Obviously, that's some exciting news. Uh, this weekend, you you're, you roll off a high of football recruits and now maybe going to the transfer market. Let's get it. You think yeah. uh you think Pruitt's hitting up all those California players right now? Texting around, making sure they want to play this year? Might as well. We're gonna get into that though. I mean uh Cal State's already we're gonna talk about this later, but Cal State canceled classes for the fall. I still think after reading how like how they're managing it, I still think there's a good chance that they participate in football. Yeah, and I I still think they don't know. Just like everybody else. They just don't really know what it's going to be like in a month. Well, they've already canceled class for the fall, but because of how they're handling it, oh, okay. I think there's still a chance that they play football. So there's, so it, it's official. Like it's done. There's no going back. The Cal state system. Okay. Well, I don't, I guess there's no going back. I don't, who knows, but okay. not, so there's not all the colleges in California, not UC system, which is the largest system in the state, but the Cal state system, which is like 23 or 24 schools. It includes San Diego state, San Jose state, Fresno state, they canceled classes for the fall, but there's we'll get we'll talk about it more in the show. But the way they've put out how there there'll still be some students on campus, so I think there's a chance that they're still playing football. And we'll talk. We've got that later on in the show, and we'll, we'll certainly get into it um, a little bit more. But I think there's a chance. Yeah. So someone said there's a 50-50 chance there'll be college football. I think it's higher than that. Um, I mean, there obviously there's still a chance it doesn't. Don't get me wrong. We we're just now reopening. We're gonna see what happens when this, when all this. You don't know what's gonna happen. Like you said, it's still a while until you can make a good decision. I'm glad most people are waiting. I don't understand why Cal State made that decision already. Yeah, but um, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. They're going off projections, but we'll talk about all that. We're also talking about the 2020 class. We got excited. Went ahead and talked to Mac McClung because yeah, it's it's rumored. It's not official. It's rumor. It's unofficially. Um, official. Yeah, it, it's, it's not even unofficial. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> beyond that. Yeah, unofficial. Um, that he is rumored to have interest in transferring to Tennessee. Right. He is transferring, though. That is official. Yes. That is official. Yes. Uh, then we're going to talk about the 2020 class, though, because as exciting as it is, football season, in my mind, is still happening, and we get to see the 2020 class here soon. I'm pumped for that. So we're, talk- we're talking about some expectations for them. Recruiter rankings. Some guys. You've all- you've always had the Niedermeyers on the staff. Obviously, Jeremy Prude, who's a great recruiter. But then there's some some new guys getting in on the action. I like it. They're, they're working their way up. 
Zach Evans has uh, announced his landing spot, or has he announced it, or is it just? So that's who you're pulling. Yeah, for. <laughs> yeah, TCU. exactly. TCU. Um, and then we got the 98 rewatch. We're heading to Atlanta tonight and going to talk about Tennessee's win over Mississippi State. Kind of a last minute. They took off with it. Kind of like a Usain Bolt. He's not necessarily the fastest out of the blocks, but after the first couple steps, he's he's yeah. gone. So yeah, uh, you didn't get a big enough lead, right? Right. To keep him out of it. Then Cal State, we're talking about them because that could, I mean, it's going to affect college football, potentially speaking, if they don't have it. Uh, because those teams are on schedules it's, mm-hmm. and they're in conferences who aren't just in California. It's going to affect college football. Yep. Um, and then we've got some segments for you. Before we do that, though, Landon's going to tell you about some sponsors. And he's also going to tell you, so make sure you listen closely, how to win a $25 gift card to Hound Dogs. Yeah, so go check out our sponsors, Hound Dogs, Tennessee Tap House, Bet Now, and Commercial Bank. Um, we are giving away a $25 gift certificate to Hound Dogs at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. Um, if you want to have a chance to win that, go to volunteerroadshow.com, create a profile. Um, you'll get all the access to all of our content um, with Volunteer Roadshow. That includes us at More Important Issues. So go do that. Um, we'll give away a $25 gift certificate at the end of the show. I'm going to tell you guys about Commercial Bank. Commercial Bank is your neighborhood bank, and they're a leading financial institution with the services, capabilities, and resources of regional national banks. Whether it's purchasing a home, saving for your child's future, or planning your next vacation, Commercial Bank is with you every step of the way to navigate life's big decisions. Life made better. Visit cbtn.com to learn more and find a branch near you. Guys, go check out the official bank of more important issues, Commercial Bank. Bank. Do it. We know a lot of people have some financial questions right now. Commercial Bank will take care of you. And the bank's open. Bank, bank's always open, baby. That's not true. Check their hours <laughs> online. <laughs> it is unless Mac you're playing McClung. basketball, then the yeah, bank's Unless you're Mac McClung. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's jump right into the 2020 class. Because like I said, the 2020, 2021 recruiting rankings are obviously very exciting. But we could potentially be seeing maybe a little, might have to wait a little bit longer. May not get to see them at all. But 2020 class. Yeah, don't forget about those guys. I know, the like you said, the 2021 class is fresh on our minds. Um, there's some talent in this 2020 mm-hmm. class that we got. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of start with, you know, guys that can make an immediate impact. And, and I'll start with Tyler Barron and, and or Morvin Joseph. You know, those guys, there's not a lot of depth at that outside linebacking position. Um, but these are – you have – Kevon Bennett, you have DeAndre Johnson and Roman Harrison. None of those three guys really had a ton of production to solidify themselves as the penciled-in starter. Right, and you, and you mentioned those two guys that are going to be on the defensive line, potential pass rushers. Um, I when I went when I sat down to do some prep today, I was looking at it and I knew obviously when we signed him, and we talked about it several times since signing day, mm-hmm. um, and since the early signing period when we had when we got most of these guys. Uh, I was pleased with how Tennessee went out and addressed needs and how they went and got talent in those needed areas. But after really looking over this, I'm really excited for what Tennessee did because the defensive line is a big question mark. But I feel like you went out and addressed that. Now, they're going to be young. Mm-hmm. They're freshmen. Um, but you got depth there, which is big. And you got plenty of talent there. You talked about Morvin Joseph. He's a freak. He was a four-star, right? I'm looking at it right now. Yep. Is he four? Um uh, Tyler Barron's four star. I mean, you you went out and addressed the needs you needed to. Yep, needed to get. And, and you return it. Like you, you were talking about the defensive line, how the, it's a question mark. 
we thought that going into last season, they actually were one of the most improved positions. They did improve. And you lost Emmett Gooden, too, early yeah. in the season. Um, so you return Emmett Gooden. You return everybody else back. Um, and, and maybe not this year, but I think Amari Thomas is a guy that can, with you playing so many defensive linemen throughout each game, um, you know, Amari Thomas is a guy that could find himself in the defensive line rotation. And mm-hmm. uh, especially next year, probably solidify himself as a even bigger contributor. Yeah. Uh, when, I mean, when you lose seven seniors on that defensive front. Right. I mean, he's definitely – there's definitely going to be some guys in this freshman class who were asked maybe to go above and beyond um, original expectations uh, when you talk about looking at this defensive line. But, I mean, Tyler Barron and Morvin Joseph, I think, are going to be or, – or were asked originally to come in and make an immediate impact. And that's probably one of the reasons they signed with Tennessee. They saw early play in time. Um, so, they're going to become – they're going to come in here with some high expectations. It's not going to be – uh, a learn, you know, an easy learning curve. Uh, but if, if those guys can play good football, I'm confident where our pass rush is. Yep. And then, you know, we were talking about the Pruitt mantra last episode and how he's getting guys that are bigger, stronger. Um, and now let's let's look at faster. Look, at, let's look at some speed. Um, you added, you lose Marquez Callaway, Jawan Jennings um, at that receiver position, but you get Jalen Hyatt and Jimmy Callaway, guys that run a legit four four forty. Um, speed kills. Yeah, Jay, and, and you can't coach it. Yeah, and Jalen Hyatt, that's kind of just been that was pretty much all over his highlight tape, just running by guys. Yep. Uh, when you got a, when you have a deep threat like that, when you're able to stretch the field like that, it helps your quarterback out a lot. JG's been the talk of the town today. We'll get into that. Um, he's been the talk <laughs> of the town today. Look, I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback in the fall. We we've briefly you know kind of discussed that. Uh, we've we've definitely kind of towed the line because we just don't know spring practice kind of being canceled kind of leans more towards JG being that starter. When you have a real deep threat like Jalen Hyatt, you talked about he's legit 4-4 speed. It does help your quarterback a ton. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then you get a, another guy who's kind of on the different he's, – he's kind of different to to Jalen Hyatt and Jimmy Cowley, but can can be a guy that could see the, the field early is, is Malachi Wideman, mm-hmm. um, a, a basketball player can go up and get the football, you lose that with Marquez Callaway. So he could be a guy that's – I think he's listed at 6'4", 190 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, just a freak athlete at that. And, you know, he could see the field right away as well. I know this is in the 2020 class. Do you know what Josh Palmer's listed at? Because he's a guy who goes up and wins the ball really, really well. But he doesn't seem like a like Callaway and um, – uh, I think he's around 6'1". See, I didn't think he was quite 6'4". Six five, whatever. I don't know what Marquez Callaway is, um, but he's not. I didn't think he had quite the same body type as as Weidman or uh, Callaway, but he does a really good job of going up and getting jump balls, especially yeah. if he's just six one, six two, six two, six two. Yeah. Still though, an undersized guy when you talk about winning one on one balls and jump balls. Yeah. So, but yeah, Malachi Weidman definitely kind of gives you that length that um, is kind of it's 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 nice in any sport and it's nice as a quarterback when you've got a wide receiver that can bail you out of tough situations and you just throw the ball up. Right. And, and another guy that, I mean, he's going to get a chance at receiver, but one that really intrigues me is, is D Beckwith. Um, Cause I think he's listed at six, four, two fifteen, Yeah. two fifteen, And is said to run a four, four. If he runs a four, four at, at six, four, two fifteen, And can my man block, Put that man in the slot and dare a linebacker to come out and guard him. Yeah, uh, that's the great thing with him. I know, you know, there's been talks. You, you said he's going to get a chance to play wide receiver. There's been talks that he could kind of move to that tight end position. How great would that be if he's able to kind of flex there 
and, yeah. and slide out there, create mismatches. Mm-hmm. Um, creating mismatches is, is huge. That's why Jim Chaney loves using the tight end. Yeah. Yep. 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 I don't know. That that one just it's it's a question mark, but I'm also like so excited to have somebody that athletic at I don't want to say at the tight end position because he's going to get a chance to play right. wide receiver, but a guy you can get the ball to. Yeah. So, regard regardless, I I imagine him making an early impact. I don't know if it's as early as his freshman year, um, but he's a freak athlete too. Seems like he'll find the field pretty early on. Yeah. So, got some be- got some linebackers in this. Class yeah, I mean, too. dude, I hope this front seven kind of because it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a young front seven for the most part, um, or maybe not young, inexperienced front seven though. It, it definitely and but there there's a lot of talent there too. Mm-hmm. It's just guys who haven't seen the field or guys who are just getting to school, uh, coming back campus, from injury, coming back from injury. Yeah, they're gonna be ex- inexperienced, but they're definitely talented. And then you've moved Brian Niedemeyer to a linebacker position. I, I think he's more comfortable on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think that's what he was at Alabama. And then you obviously have Ansley and Pruitt, guys who are focused on the front seven. Mm-hmm. So it, I feel like if, if your high needs are in that area, at least you have coaches that are kind of tailored to, to fix that. So so before we get into quarterback, I know we'll get into that. But um, <laughs> linebacker with Henry Toto, there's – there's that open spot. You, you think it's going to be Crouch that, that moves um, to inside linebacker and takes that spot. If if Jeremy Banks comes back, does that kind of throw things for a loop a little bit? Does that kind of I mean, make things interesting? Can, I don't want to say throw it for a loop because I think that coaching staff is really excited. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm I know what you like, mean. Yeah. It's going to mess up the depth chart. Right. But I think in a good way. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what the coaching staff is thinking. I, I think Crouch is one of your best 11 on the field. So maybe you move him to back to outside linebacker and let him play there. If, if Jeremy Banks is, is your number two um, inside linebacker. Right. Or or flip-flop two. I don't know. Right. I, I think both of those guys will find themselves in a starting lineup, in my opinion. Yeah, and I don't know. Have you? I mean, have we seen anything else on the Jeremy Banks front of, of him? I know he's kind of tweeted – Facebook, kind of some things that he's leaning. Not that he's leaning, because, I mean, if he comes back, it's probably going to be at Tennessee, but that he's trying to right some wrongs and what seems like get back on campus. He, well, sorry, not back on campus. It seems he stated enrolled in classes back on the team. I think it's one of our favorite sayings. That it's officially unofficial. <laughs> it's, it's officially unofficial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fact that he – it's kind of like the Juwan Jennings thing. I think, we, I think a lot of people didn't know. It was very uncertain whether he would be back on the Tennessee football roster – after the um, uh, stuff with Brady Hoke and, and John Curry. But the fact that he stayed enrolled, he gave himself a chance, and then it, it and Pruitt gave him a chance. Mm-hmm. With the situation happening while Pruitt was the football coach, changes it from the Juwan Jennings situation. But Pruitt's shown he's willing to give people second. If you want to call Juwan Jennings a third, you may be able to because of, uh, we'll call it second because he was never off the team before that. Second chance, um, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility you see Banks back on the roster. I don't know how likely, but it's not out the round, outside the realm. Of possibility. I think the the ROI on, on that on, on taking Juwan Jennings back turned out to be pretty pretty good for Jeremy Pruitt. What do you think? I'd say it worked out. <laughs> I'd say it worked out just fine. Um, so quarterback, you know, you get a a five star um, per rivals because I don't know why we can't just have one and they all agree, but you know, I guess. <laughs> Got to do what you got to do. 
Um, but Harrison Bailey, um, a guy that, you know, is a winner, um, played at a, a great program in Marietta in Georgia. Um, and we thought he could maybe give JG a run for his money with spring practice and the off season. Now we just don't know. Like, right. I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be JG's job to, to lose. Um, if Harrison Bailey comes in and beats him out in fall camp, then I think we got a pretty damn good quarterback on our hands. Yeah, I hope if JG wins the starting spot, that means he truly beat out Harrison Bailey, not kind of won it by default. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, is Harrison Bailey a legit day one starter? No freaking clue. Um, but I do know he's talented. Yeah. Um, and I do know there were some high expectations. Anytime you recruit a quarterback that high, you recruit him to play. You don't recruit him to sit on the bench. Yep. Um, so I do know there are some high expectations placed on him. With spring practice being gone, with them not getting back onto campus until July, there's a lot of questions in the air. The good news is they would have never started even competing for a QB1 until fall camp. So you're not, you didn't lose any competition days. They would not have named Harrison Bailey the starter coming no. out of spring camp. Or spring practice. No, you, you just lose some time, like time to adjust, time to prove, try, yeah. try, time to show off. That's yeah, it. Get in front of the coaches. You, you aren't going to beat anybody out in spring practice, right? So that's the good news. And when you, when you're talking about from Harrison Bailey's perspective, and even from the coaching staff's perspective, who I'm sure, it, whether the whether the coaching staff likes JG or not, there's no arguing that he hasn't lived up to their expectations for him. Yeah. Otherwise, Jeremy Pruitt wouldn't have chewed him out at Alabama. True. Grab him by the face mask. So, you know, whether whether they like him or not, I'm not arguing that. But they brought in Harrison Bailey to compete with him. They brought in Jimmy Callaway to compete, or Jimmy Holiday to compete with him. Yeah. So, and then you've got, you know, they've given Brian Maurer a shot. They've given JT Shroud a shot. And some of those due to injury. I realize that. But they put him on the field. And they've talked to JT Daniels. And they've talked to, they've at least considered bringing him in. This coaching staff is looking looking for a guy to come in and win the job, and Harrison Daly is going to get that shot, I think. Yep, and I, I think they're looking for guys to come in here and, and win right away. They're not worried about hurting people's feelings on, oh, we don't want to run him off. Like, that's – this coaching staff doesn't care. They want to win. Right. Bottom line. That's yep. what you need. That's what that's what we need to, to get back to the old Tennessee is don't be afraid to hurt people's feelings. We're going to win and do it our way. And, and I – can't imagine. I understand the hesitation. We've said we think JG is probably the starter, especially when spring practice got canceled. I understand the hesitation to say that someone that Pruitt will hand the keys over to someone else. However, it's very clear Jeremy Pruitt does not care if he hurts someone's feelings. No. So not a bit. it's not about I love the guy or hate the guy or anything like that. It's about winning football games. Yep. For him. And that's the good news. That's the good news. I do want to address the tweets going around today. Because I just don't understand why I compare him to T. Martin, JG. Yeah, it's two and, two different eras, two different offenses, two different teams. And I feel like a lot of people have argued this entire like since nineteen ninety eight that T. Martin was better than Peyton Manning. And the people who've been like Peyton Manning's better, they've been like, well, T. Martin won a national championship. But now I feel like the same people who have said T. Martin are better are now arguing JG's just as good as T. Martin. And I can, I mean, T. Martin, I. I would gladly have him quarterback my team any year, anytime. But I can name off the top of my head four starting quarterbacks at UT that have better statistics and rank higher in records than T. Martin. And I'm not saying that makes them flat out better quarterbacks, but that's easy. I can skew statistics to do anything. Okay, 
but is one of those Jared Garantano. No. <laughs> no. I mean, that that's my thing. It's like, it's... That's what I'm saying, though. Statistics don't tell the whole story. Right. The Davey O'Brien winner that year threw for 2,800 yards yeah. in 98. Tim Crouch threw for almost 5,000 yards, was the number one draft pick, and was considered a bust. Yeah. So statistics he went are... To the Browns. Fair. <laughs> statistics are not everything. And if you use... Like, I could use statistics to prove most points. Not every point. That hot take... That fuego take somehow has a little bit of backing from statistics. But at the same time, if you just blindly look at statistics, you're there's a good chance you're going to come out on the other side looking like an idiot. Yeah, I mean, T. Martin played when, you know, they put eight in the box because they are trying to stop Jamal Lewis, Travis Stevens, and Travis Henry. And David Cutcliffe calls far different games. Maybe not from Jim Chaney, but from Butch Jones or whoever. Larry whoever, Scott. Larry Scott. Far <laughs> different games than them. Their goal is to control the game, to run the ball. They're throwing quick, short passes, getting the ball out of the hands. That's, it's not the same style of football, like you said. And, and now, we, Jim Chaney's football is a lot closer to T. Martin's, and that's why J.G.'s stats matched him a little bit. When you have eight in the box, you don't have time to, serve, to survey the defense and pick them apart. You have right. to know where you're going with the football. Right. It's not like the spread offense. Do I think if T. Martin was in the spread nowadays, he'd have better stats? Absolutely. freaking think I think he's a talented quarterback, and I don't think there's a doubt about it. And then if you just go and watch film, go Matt, go watch him side by side. It's obvious who's better. Statistics aside, you can match statistics up. That's fine. But in that case, J.G. had similar statistics to the Davey O'Brien, Davey O'Brien winner in 1998. That doesn't make him as good as him, the Davey no. O'Brien. I don't even know. I can't remember who it and was. And I'm not trying to, like, downplay J.G. I think... He played well after he that improved Alabama a ton. Game. Yeah, after that, and I think he'll be more improved this season. And he's always been a guy who's not gonna, you know, he's not had a ton of bad turnovers in his career. Alabama was one. Yeah, um, I, I just I just think you know we hope for the best. You know, we right. want him to come out next year. We want him to win a freaking Heisman. If he I did hope, that that that'd be great. I would love for him to end up better than T Martin. I would love for that to be. The, yeah. I would love to look back next year and go wow he was better than t martin yeah but right now that's just not the case no and, and don't try to after what he did this past season um don't don't compare the two and try to disc, discredit what t martin did right at the university of tennessee and just don't because he was on a good team yeah don't do that that's that's just dumb. i do appreciate you giving us something to talk about yeah i do appreciate that yeah. that was nice yeah they're, they're that was good. fun but that's yeah that's just <laughs> dumb don't discredit a guy who won you a national championship no you don't can't you can't. So someone said JG has completion percentage as high as Peyton's, and that's irrelevant. That's absolutely irrelevant, one hundred percent. Like, like I said, you can find statistics. To someone actually said today, they were like, "Math never lies." I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> math could totally be biased if you want it to be biased." Yeah, it's not true. But yeah, the the statistics were not fairly handed out. Yep, it, it was not fair. Um, Hopefully, like, I don't think JG, I don't think it's impossible for JG to have a great year. No. I don't think it's impossible. Do I think it's impossible for him to win the Heisman? I'll take any bets. If I lose, I'll pay out gladly because that means Tennessee was either in the playoff or won a national championship. I'll pay that out. But if you want to take bet, if, if you're willing to bet on JG to win a Heisman, I'll be the, I'll be the, uh, I'll be the sport, I'll be the bookie. Also, the, the stats don't really make sense because this is like what JG's third year as a starter. That too, it was and T. Martin's, it was first, T. Martin's year. first. And we and uh, Pay or Peyton, 
and Philip Fulmer and David Cutcliffe went into that year. Didn't matter who was playing quarterback, they knew how they were going to win ballgames. Mm-hmm. And then when Jamal Lewis went down, they were probably a little unsure. Thank God Travis Henry stepped into that role, and there you go. We don't have to do change a thing. Yep. So, yeah, very, very different. Uh, just, yeah, it didn't make a Don't sense. discredit the national champion. How about that? Nah. There it's just go. funny that everyone's like all the, all the time, like, we don't give T. Martin enough credit. And now we're comparing him to a quarterback who has stunk. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would put him right above Justin Worley in Tennessee's quarterbacks. I mean, maybe if you look at the last six games this year, but if you take away those, I'm going to go way below Justin Worley. <laughs> yeah, Justin probably. Worley probably played above his ceiling, and I don't think JG's touched his four yet. I mean, that's true. That's probably true, yeah. So... Or at least what the what two four seven told us what his ceiling was, or floor was. Yeah. So that might be that might be a little bit of hot take. I'm speaking sure of is, speaking of rankings, did you see a uh, rivals new uh, top two fifty? To be honest, I saw your tweet about it, and then I just didn't even click because like that's the thing. Obviously, I'm pumped that Tennessee is the number two recruiting class right now. I've told you I think they at least finish in the top ten, but and and that's awesome and that's fantastic. That matters for Pruitt. That matters for his staff. That matters for the roster. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't count for anything. Right. So, but I'm not discrediting what they're doing there. That's awesome, but it doesn't matter. So when you said it, if it was something big, I would because if it's my agenda, I would go and tweet about it. Since it doesn't, though, I'm just gonna stay away. But yeah, yeah, yeah tell me about it. I mean, so you had seven guys in the top 250. Um, so they they re ranked everybody. Not one of Tennessee players went up and. But rankings. like three or four of Ohio State's did, right? Yeah, I mean. Of course, Ohio State always gets it right. And no matter who the coach is, they always get it right. Right. So, uh, it just seems like there's there's always this reoccurring thing with, with Tennessee and rankings. Because last year, we were getting on 247 for Harrison Bailey. Right. His rivals marked him as a five-star, and he was just inside the top 100 in, in yeah. 247. So, I don't know. I mean, it just it, it just looks bad. It should, I don't. It's, it's something don't that you I mean, that Tennessee get, fans are gonna be mad about, and right. and that's probably part of it. It get, it gets some clicks. Yeah, I mean, I it gets them. It get, you know, Tennessee fans aren't gonna interact with it if they rank them up, but they'll tweet back at you if you. But the other part of me is like, how does not one guy out of so all of them went down except for one? One stayed exactly the same. Yeah, it's incredible. So how does Jeremy all of those seven, not one of them, go up in rankings? Because Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney and Derek Ansley can't evaluate talent. It's that simple. I guess so. It's that simple. Rivals. No uh, one wanted. One, no one wanted those guys. Nope. No one did. And it, it, I did also you, don't understand because, like, how are you evaluating them? Them right now? Why are you moving people? I around? just. It doesn't make. But sense. it's it's got it has to be solely based on offers. Right. Yeah. Or, or where they're committed to. Or where they're committed to. Yeah. It doesn't make. Did sense. you like my tweet that was like so? Just to get this straight. Tennessee's ranking Tennessee's rankings are a fluke. Or not a fluke. Tennessee's rankings don't matter because recruiting rankings don't matter. But when Tennessee drops out of the ten top ten, their recruiting class sucks. Yep. Absolutely. I just don't get it. Hundred percent. I just don't get it. I was also someone else tweeted out an article, I don't remember who, but that Tennessee wouldn't finish inside the top ten with their average rating. But like the last five years, the number ten class had like a point eight nine ish rating. Yeah. They finished just inside the top ten in the last five years. And and with the guys we're in some of those guys are not going to be in this class. Some of those lower ranking guys probably won't be in this class. There's going to be some moving around. I, it won't make sense if Tyon Evans doesn't move up, move up to at least a four star. It yeah. won't make sense. No. And then uh, Deshaun Rucker. It's so Tyon Evans. I say that because Tyon Evans is the number one back in Juco, the Juco back number one Juco back. 
And there's not been a, we went and looked back how many years. There hadn't been a number one Juco back ranked three star that we saw. They were all four stars. Yeah. I can't remember how many years. Yeah, back. That, that doesn't So it won't, that one won't make sense. Deshaun Rucker, the guy I think should be a four star. At least, like, I, I don't have any body of work to prove other than what I've seen. Other like you, you don't have any more body of work than rivals or two four seven does. <laughs> that is fair too, but they also at least for a living rank them. So I'll give I'll give right, them that. Yeah. I'll give them that credit. I'm just but for Tyon Evans, if you go look at their ratings, he should be a four star. Yep, that's that's on their ratings, not mine. Theirs. So I don't yeah. know. We'll see. So were you want to talk about the recruiter rankings though? Like yeah, our, I, our I, guys? Wanna, I want to talk about that too. Okay. So. um so recruiters you got on staff. So mm-hmm. um the twenty twenty one football recruiting rankings. Tennessee has so how many D one programs are like hundred and forty? Something like that. Some something close to that. Um so you look at everybody on staff. Tennessee has thirty or Tennessee has one, two, five ranked in the top thirty. So you have Derek Ansley at number two. You have T. Martin at number 11. He was at 10. I think Ohio State or, or no, USC or Miami got a recruit. Um, and Brian Niedemeyer is at number 15. Jay Graham is at number 18. And then just outside the top 25, you have Joe Osevet. Yeah. At number 26, the new guy. New guy's, dude, the new guy's getting in on the action. I love it. Yeah, that's that's big time. Um, that's, just, that's just big for... I think it, it goes to show how good Jeremy Pruitt is at, you know, recruiting. Right. At recruiting talent as players and also recruiting talent as as a staff. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of like flipping through this, and I don't see any other SEC schools in here. Top 25. That's pretty interesting. Florida's got one guy. Kentucky's got Vince Morrow. A&M's yeah, no. at 23. You got James Coley. Other than that. Yeah, not a lot of SEC goes. And I think I think the turnover is catching up with Alabama a little bit. Obviously, there's guys that are going to go to Alabama because of the name and because of Nick Saban. I'm not. They're going to finish with a top five class. There's zero doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. Top ten class. Zero doubt in my mind. Yeah. But it's got to be affecting it. The turnover's got to be affecting it a little bit because you don't have the guys on staff going out and recruiting and recruiting the best guys, recruiting the best players. Yeah, I mean you don't you don't have guys building those relationships over time mm-hmm. and, and staying at that school. Right. I, I mean, that's got to be tough. And then you also have freaking Nick Saban, who's not going to pick up, a, not going to download Zoom right anytime soon. So that does he sucks. even have a laptop? You think? Probably not. <laughs> he does. He still sends his letters on. A I feel like he still has, like he has, like an iPad or something. Yeah, he does seem like an old guy that sit. Or not even an iPad. It's just like a tablet. He, he seems like he'd sit on the couch or on his lazy boy with his iPad like this. Yeah, all day long. <laughs> um. Also, I mean, I'm just glancing at this. Of course, Ohio State's going to be ranked better. They've only got – their looks like their commitments are more spread out, whereas Dan, Derek Ansley has nine players committed for him. Yeah. So. Yeah, pretty, pretty is How is Niedemeyer ranked below? His average is oh, – I guess it's based on points. Yeah. Interesting. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's big time. As, I, you gotta I really get the, like you gotta Joe Osevet. Yeah, like Joe get that seems like it's going to end up being a really good hire. Yeah. Probably. You don't really probably won't be able to evaluate until at least after the first season, but it seems like it's going to be a good hire. Yep. You don't, unfortunately, you'll only be able to probably evaluate it if it's a bad hire after this year, but how much effect can he really have? That's I guess that's the yeah, I mean, he, if he's able to bring in recruits, I don't know how you can't really 
rate him as like a tight ends coach. How well a tight end right. was because it's it's definitely tough to do. Yeah. Right now he's just he needs needs to be recruiting well. That's yep. it. Crew, crew, crew. Go. Zach Evans, TCU. What do you think that's all about? There's no way. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he chose TCU because I'm pl- I'm sure there are plenty of schools that wanted him. Right, like yesterday or two days ago, whenever he committed. Yeah. Uh, or said he was going. But how much of that was like kind of TCU he had to settle a little bit? I'm sure a lot of those schools are just like, hey, we got to make your decision now. Yeah, we're not we're not holding the spot forever. Right. Uh, especially with grad transfers and stuff like that. I'm sure some teams probably passed. If Tennessee did, I don't know. Um, right. But I, I'm sure a lot of those schools are just like, dude, just pick somewhere. Like, you're a five-star. Like, it's it's time to just enroll somewhere. Yeah. No, I'm sure. And it was always said that he was going to leave the state of Texas, and then he, he goes four hours north to Fort Worth at TCU. Yeah, which, fairness, you can leave, you can stay in Texas and pretty much leave Texas. Right. Like you said, it's four hours yeah. away. So, yeah. Lexington's just three hours away. But, I mean uh, – Tennessee's sake, you don't have to play him every year. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, so, I mean, at least he didn't go to Florida. That would have sucked. Right. Um, so, he's going to go somewhere you you won't, you know, really get to see him. What, what's interesting is, so, with this California thing, I guess we'll get into this later, but, um, so, Alabama's talking with TCU about playing. Because right. So, you could see that. Because TCU's matchup. playing Cal at Cal, and then USC and Alabama were supposed to play in Arlington. Mm-hmm. So there's talks that TCU and um, Alabama are going to play in Arlington if whatever happens with USC right. and Cal. Um, but maybe Nick Saban's like, nah, they got a five-star, I'm out. I'm good. <laughs> it's, it's definitely possible. Yeah, we'll, we'll, just take, we'll just take that win over, <laughs> that right. forfeit over USC. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't put it past Nick Saban. Yeah. One bit. Yep, yep. Do you want to, Do you just want to go ahead and talk about the while we're talking about it? The before we get into the ninety eight, you want to, you want to switch us around a little bit? Just talk about the Cal State and yeah, we can we can get California, California schools first. open. Yeah, yeah, just because we're on it because I, I do think there's a also before we do that, if y'all have any questions, feel free to throw those in here, comments, um, like, share it um, for us. That'd be great. Appreciate it. Yeah, that. absolutely. Do that um, we're on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, so we're following along. So if y'all have anything, we'll try to get to that. Yep. Uh, so yeah, this California Cal State announced yesterday or Monday um, that they would not be opening in the fall. Uh, I went and read the entire release. So they are opening to like for like capstone courses, like people who have to be on campus, like engineers um, for clinicals, for like nurses. Like there will be people on campus, right? And that's why I say I feel like that doesn't take football out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they had said no students on campus, I'd be like, yeah, football's not happening. That's mm-hmm. why I say there's a chance football happens. So the schools, I think, that are FBS are San Jose State, San Diego State, and Fresno State. I believe that's it. Okay. I believe everybody else is either FCS or they're just D1 in basketball. Gotcha. So right now, not affecting a ton of schedules, but going to affect some schedules if that is the decision that's made. And then you see the UC system, which is Cal, UCLA, um, USC. USC is not in the UC, UC system. I can't remember. Okay. I'll, I'll pull it up real quick. Well, I know uh, LA County has, like, a, they're still at a stay-at-home order. Yeah, and that's going to be for three more months, I think. So, uh, it would take it would definitely take some some things to work out if, it, if the decision is to come back or the decision to at least bring the football players back onto campus. Um, 
and a lot of people think it's just money involved. I feel like it's, you know, not just money. I mean, you're, you're essentially destroying, not destroying, but you're setting back these programs years. Yeah. If they can't play. So it's, it, it's not just making money this year. It's making money for the next five to 10 years. It's not just losing out on this year. It's, so do you do you think the the Pac twelve follows suit and just plays like that's a thought that they're gonna play in the spring, which everybody else is planning on playing in the fall. So what what sense is that gonna make? Um yeah, I mean I think the only way the I mean, maybe the Pac twelve just tries <laughs> to force tries to force uh, they, they try to be the first ones. Right. Like they're like, All right, we're moving to the spring, let's hope everybody else follows. Yeah. And, and maybe tries to do something like that. But I can't I mean, why would you why would you try to separate yourself from football? If you're the SEC, I could see yourself trying to separate from the NCAA because where where your winners been the last couple of years? Yeah, I think ten out or ten out of fourteen. Ten out I of think. fourteen, yeah. So like, kind of got to go with the SEC. But when you're the Pac-12, I could see the NCAA waving waving by at you if you decide to step away without yeah without the NCAA. What the what the heck have they won? Yeah, I'm or, sh- or is this their chance to like play in the spring and claim a national claim, championship? Maybe that too. I don't know. I, I it's interesting. I think there's a chance Cal State still goes. Um, UC is the UC system has not said anything, but it's expected they make an announcement this week or next, doing the same thing. Yeah. So I think there's a good chance that TCU and Alabama play to open. I think there's a good chance the Pac-12 doesn't play this year, but I also think there's a chance they still play. I don't think it's gone for good. Yeah, it's true. But I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. But I, I'm kind of with you. I'm like, what's the, what's the point in closing now? Yeah, I mean, you right now, you're, any information you have is based on projections. It's not based on facts. Yeah. And you do have to make a decision by, I think, I agree with most college football coaches. I do agree. I'm not going to say I think. I agree with most college football coaches that you have to have a decision made by July 1st. But I think you just have to make your decision by July 1st because isn't there a dead period the first week of July anyways? Yeah, it's like, so, I know with high school, after that 4th of July, I think that next well, week is... It, it's the first week of July. First, essentially, full week of July, yeah, usually. Yeah. Uh, once it is how it's normally set up. I think fo- college football is the same. Um, but how, how many days do you have to allow for students to travel to campus? So when? So I think they need to be on campus by July. But when does that decision need to be made? I, I don't know, a week before, two weeks before? I don't know what your timetable is. I think it's much different for college than it is for, say, high school or pros. Yep. Uh, but I, I don't know what that deadline is. I know that deadline isn't this week. I know that. I know a lot of... Tennessee players are coming back to heading back to Tennessee. Really? So, uh, so Harrison Bailey and JG are in Atlanta right now, aren't they? Yeah. Training? So, so I mean, and you have Bryce Thompson and Trayvon Flowers who are there with Oliver Davis okay. and Kamar Wilcoxon. Um, so they're kind of close by, but I think, you know, some of the California guys are, are starting to make their way back. I don't know if they know something that we don't know. Um, but it, it seems to be that like there's, by July first, or, or I guess right after that, we'll be gotcha. Football kind of be back. Well, good deal. I mean, I yeah, I, I don't know what that looks like for the state of California. Um, someone says they think they cool off on the stay home order. I'm not saying the stay home order lasts three months, but they announced that it's going to be in place for at least three months. I'm sh- I mean, they can they can always ease up off of those, but they can right. also always add more on. I don't understand why you extended it for three months when you could extend it for thirty days. And then again, 30 days if you needed to. And then again, 30 days if you needed to. I don't understand the decision-making, especially for something that... So the stay-at-home order obviously is effect, is it, is right now. You need to, That's your mass public. You need to know that. That's far different from college football. It's far different from college football. 
that decision doesn't need to be made right now. It needs to be made soon. It's almost June, but it doesn't need to be made now. Yeah, hope for the best. I guess expect the worst, but it looks like they're just expecting the worst and not really hoping for the best. I think there's a good chance we have college football without fans this year still. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, a lot of people are like, I don't even want to watch. Then you're not a college football fan. You're just you just want to go to the games to for I guess for I don't know post on your Instagram. Would it be different without fans? Yeah, but it's football. It's something to watch. It's something I mean, to watch good too. Lord, I'm going freaking nuts. Yeah. I mean, the last dance is about all you get right now. Right. At least that one's fan- fantastic. Yeah. Someone said at the end of the day, the Pac-12 will take NASCAR ball. Said at the end of the day, the Pac-12 will take money. Take the money. I, I mean, I I don't disagree. The Pac. I think the Pac-12 wants California to Cal State to, which it's not affecting the Pac-12 yet. There are no Pac-12 teams that have announced they're not returning to campus. It's, it's only affecting, I think, the MWC for uh, FBS. But, I mean, I think they obviously want that. I mean, they. I think everybody wants to, not everybody, I think most people want to play in the fall. Mm-hmm. Want yeah. to, if it, if it's, you know, happens. Um, but another, th- I mean, it could affect basketball too. And like, so, Cal, yeah, Are you going to play on top of each other? Well, if these schools aren't returning in the fall, they can't, they can't start basketball on time. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. so do you start January or January whatever when you come back? Do you start both? Right. And, and Cal State Fullerton's in the Cal in the Cal State system, who's a good basketball program. There's someone else I can't remember. They're a good who. baseball program too. And, yeah. And um, who was it? I, I guess Long. I don't remember who. Was Long Beach a good basketball program? Yeah, I don't know. But San Diego I State so. was ranked high at the end of the. I mean, and they may not be playing basketball next year. Yeah. And they were ranked high, so it's it. That would affect basketball if they don't return in the fall, and they and if they choose to not allow their athletes to return to campus. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be interesting in how all this is dealt. Um, we just don't know. Don't know. I th- but I do. After reading, I think there's a chance that that they that football players could return to campus without the entire student population returning to campus. That's good because there will be there will be students on campus come fall. Not yeah. a lot, but some. Because that. I think like so. What's a, what's a hundred more? You know. Yeah, I mean, if if you have the entire student body, I think there's definitely football, right? And if they're able to do it without the entire student body, I think that's that's a new like that's money. You're you're, you're trying to get football in. Yeah, I mean, and if we just want to be honest, if you want your athletic departments to extend beyond 2020, 2021, a lot of schools need football to happen. Absolutely, I'm not just talking about the women's soccer programs or the uh, baseball programs happening in 2021, if they want to last beyond that, you need you, a lot of schools need this football money. Yeah, Tennessee would be fine. I'm sure they have a big enough reserve. They have, a, you know, a big enough they have boosters. They have boosters that could contribute. But there's a lot of schools that if they don't get that football money, they will not have baseball programs for the foreseeable future. They won't yep. have soccer programs for the foreseeable future. They won't have smaller programs for the foreseeable future. A lot of schools need this uh, need this to last to to extend sports, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are out there like, "Well, does sports matter?" Okay, well, it pays for a lot of people's school. So until you come up with that money somewhere else, why don't you let some of these people get scholarships money for playing softball or baseball or whatever? Yep, better start uh, collecting cans or something. Yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, so let's get in. Let's go to Atlanta. Take the uh, four hour trip down down to Atlanta. I hope we'll be doing that soon for real. That'd be fun, dude. I was willing to shave my head to do it too. Pruitt couldn't get it done. I mean, yeah, I we're, we're definitely to... going, no matter what the price is. We're going. Right? Oh, I'll be there. Even if I don't go to the game, I'll be there. Okay. I'm not trying to sneak in. 
Like Dave Portnoy snuck in. He snuck into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Dude, what about him meeting with Roger Goodell? Have they like has NFL said anything about it? No, they haven't. That's a they're just completely hiding from it. I mean, you know, if like you would want it, they'd be like, "Congratulations, Landon Raby, on winning this. Can't wait for you to be here." Yeah. Right now, they're in his basement thinking, "How the can we get out of this?" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it's a win-win for Barstool because if they like back out of it, oh yeah, they did it because like it's him, right? You, but oh, if, the NFL. If they do it, then everything's gonna be out. Like, yeah, Dave Portnoy is gonna like videotape it. He's gonna. Oh no, I think the NFL will say no video cameras. Okay. I think they'll say. I think they'll let. I think they have to let it happen, and they'll be like, no video, no nothing. And I think I imagine surely Dave will just back out. That'd be hilarious. Like, why would he care to go there? If it's it's gonna be, it's content? gonna be hilarious. How or maybe this he goes and just out. writes about it afterwards. I don't know. Maybe it'll be interesting for sure. I love that he won it. I love that he was willing to spend any dollar to win it too. That was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, that that was genius of him. Genius. Yeah. Um, but going down to Atlanta, Mississippi State, not a great football team. They had already lost three games before this. Yeah, who'd they lose? Oklahoma State, LSU, and Kentucky. Yep. Yep. And then they end up losing to they Tennessee, lost... and then they lose to Ricky Williams in Texas. They lost to LSU forty-one to six, and they played in the SEC championship game. Yeah, they're not. They're not good. I mean. The West, I mean, in the 90s, the West was pretty much like the East. But, I mean, they played Tennessee pretty good. Their yeah. offense was terrible. I mean, they only scored on a pick six and a punt return. But, uh, right. And that punt return just ignited something inside. But their, their defense was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably what kept them in most games, if I had to guess. I didn't watch any other Mississippi State games. But judging by their defense, they had a fast physical front seven. Yeah. And, and Tennessee, I feel like they were kind of looking ahead. Yeah. And, and Tennessee, I mean – Let's look at T. Martin. Let's thank T. Martin a lot for his play. Not only his two touchdown passes at the end of the game to to separate, but he made a lot of plays in the backfield, um, shedding tackles or yeah. keeping the play alive. Uh, without him, it's definitely a different ball game. There was one where he's getting tackled as he hands it off and just yeah. kind of flips it to Travis Stevens for a big game. Right, and he he finished thirteen or fifteen of thirty two um, with an interception, two hundred eight yards, and is that right? Yeah, and yep. uh, two TDs. So that's a pretty good stat line for a quarterback. Travis Henry finished with 120 yards. I mean, he just and I'll, do you have what Stevens finished with by chance? He had he had some big runs. I don't know if he finished with a lot of yards, but he had some yeah, big I, runs I too. Yeah, I don't have what he had. I do know Mississippi State. Their running back James Johnson actually led the SEC in rushing. He only got like 40, 40 yards. The 38 yards rushing. Yep, 14 for 38. He had 1300 yards coming into this game. Oh wow! So yeah, took care of business there. Yeah, just destroyed him. Um, Peerless Price was the MVP with, he had a touchdown pass, six receptions, 97 yards, a couple kickoffs. Um, golly, when's the last times. time a wide receiver, how often has a wide receiver won the most valuable player in the SEC championship game? Yeah, that's nuts. Let's see if I can look up. Well, actually. Is it ha- did it happen again for LSU? Was it Justin Jefferson? Was it? I don't know. It just seems like an MVP of the, let's see if I can Who, Because somebody had the six, um, Touchdowns. Let's see if I can see if it's listed on here. Oh, yep. Okay. Joe Burrow won it. Okay. Uh, let's see. The last time a wide receiver won was Percy Harvin. No, Freddie Millens from Alabama, and then Perlis Pross. Oh, did Percy Harvin win it? Okay, yeah. sorry. But Percy Harvin in two thousand six. Yep. There you go. Hmm. Fourteen years ago, or thirteen years ago. Yeah. So, so there's I only mean, been there's only been three wide receivers win it. So yeah, not often. Yeah, but this game, there was kind of nothing in the first quarter no. until Mississippi State got a 70-yard interception. <laughs> do you think it's because – do you think Tennessee and Mississippi State knew they weren't on TV? 
So they're just waiting there, waiting. They're like, we can't show anything until we we get on TV. Yeah, we got to just keep punting. And so, so if you're watching it with us, uh, you saw that Larry Smith, our dude, that posted all these games. He's the man. He found because I guess he recorded them from his cable. Uh, He found the satellite broadcast of it, but the broadcast, the broadcasters are not speaking, but the mics are hot. So make sure you go listen because they get incredibly frustrated with their crew, and it's fantastic content. I don't know. I need to look up who that. If we can find, see if I can find who did that game, because it was awesome. oh. It, oh also, goodness. how livid were Tennessee fans? Think about how mad they were when uh, Tennessee played. Who they play, and they showed like the Kansas game play into uh, on ESPN in basketball. Oh yeah, livid. Can you imagine if it wasn't on anything? Like they didn't even get to watch it at all. Yeah, that's. I mean, good lord! You got to do a better job. This is the S. You have the number one team in the country, and you're playing a Big Ten, Big Twelve championship over. Yeah, I feel so like you dumb. need to. You should have. You should have sent that to the SEC game. Yeah, so dumb. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that there was kind of nothing going on in the first quarter until uh, Mississippi State got a seventy yard interception. There was flags everywhere, so I feel like Tennessee just kind of stopped. Yeah, but they just kept running. They called it on Tennessee. Um. So they got that touchdown. We answered with a touchdown and then a Jeff Hall field goal. It was 10-7 to at halftime. And then um, with 8.43 left, Prentice, the Mississippi State wide receiver, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was. Um, had an 83-yard punt return for a touchdown. And it, it was kind of every time that we punted to him, it was kind of like just a couple tacklers away from him breaking it. Like, he right. was always close to, to breaking each kick. And then he finally got one. And then um, Al Wilson gets a pick six. And then he almost took a fumble back. Was that him? That so, picked up the fumble at the end? So, and that guy got knocked loose again? Yeah. But, I mean, it looked like... He picks it up and just gets drilled. The TV by the angle is atrocious. Yeah. It's it, so it looks like he has nothing but space in front of him, and then he gets he gets hit pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, um, it was so on the call was Keith Jackson. Yes, that's and it was. Uh, Bob Greasy. I don't. Was that them talking? You think? I don't know. It it seemed like the broadcasters. Yeah, it had to be. So it was either Keith Jackson or Bob Greasy. That is a complete asshole. And they were watching the Kansas State game. Yeah, they kept talking about it, and but they're also commenting on the Tennessee game. So it was very. But they were not broadcasting. Like they no, were no, not no, spe- no. Yeah. no, but it was it was very weird to like hear them. Right. Like I'm watching the Tennessee game and they're talking about another play. I'm like, what? yeah. There was sometimes they would be like, is he in or something? Yeah. Like, or you know, is that a first down? And it's like that's not going on right now. Right. Um. But yeah. So Al Wilson gets a pick six. It's called back for a uh, block in the back, and then we yeah. fumble. Um. So then yeah, it was ten to seven in the fourth quarter. He gets that punt return, and then. Peerless Price, baby. Making Peerless plays. Price. Always. Making Always. plays. Um, uh, T. Martin threw two beautiful balls to seal this game. Yep. That one to Peerless Price, and the next one was to, to Cedric Wilson. And they were both on the money. So after that Peerless Price touchdown, the very first play, I think, is when Mississippi State fumbles. Yeah, the very first play back, they fumble. That's the Allison picks it up. Looks like nothing but room. And I, who ended up recovering it? I don't know. Corey Terry is the one who forced it. Okay. It doesn't say... I don't remember. It doesn't who say who recovered it in the got it in the box score. Um, they also mentioned on the broadcast before they cut to the game. They say Kansas State. They they say they can't lose this game. 
then they obviously end up losing, and that's what allows Florida State to get into the title. Yeah, and they bring in Bobby Bowden at the end of the game, um, and they yeah. talk, they talk yeah. to him for yeah. a little bit, um, and he, he talks about Chris Winkie not going to be able to play, but they have you know the the best defense in the country. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. But yeah, that very next play after that fumble, he hits Cedric Wilson to kind of ice it. Yeah. And that, that was it. And there was like five minutes left in the game too, but I mean, you're not going to score that many points on that defense that fast. Right, especially like, when your whole offense is rushing. You have 38 rushing yeah. yards. It's not going to happen. Uh, Mississippi State finished in the top 25 though. It's pretty. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Arkansas should have been there. It's kind of sucks that, for one, they had to play Tennessee in the regular season. Yeah. And yeah. then... And lose, like, the way they did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sucks. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll take, we'll take it. it. Vols are headed to the Fiesta Bowl in a couple weeks. We'll be there. Sort of. And, and we'll see who the best defense is. Right. Right. We, we don't know what happens. I'm not... You know. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll find out. I've Finger, loved this Fingers crossed. Hope for the best. Yeah, I've loved this 98 you watch. I wish there was a way... I mean, probably, like, the last three or four seasons are probably all on YouTube. But other than that, there's not a way to really go back and watch like the 2001 season. Yeah, that'd be a fun. One. There, is, the 2001 Florida game is on uh, is on YouTube. Maybe we'll we'll do that after. Bobby Graham's the leading receiver in that game. Hey, so I saw him in this. I think it was was it this game or last game. I saw him sitting with Peerless Price on the on the sidelines. Goat, friend of the show. Goat, and it, dude, he hasn't aged a bit. No, not not at all. He hasn't. I don't. I don't know if he could still quite run the routes he used to be able to yeah, run. Yeah, maybe not. We'll and, tell. You. And he's he's got a kid now, so maybe yeah. he starts aging a little bit. BG, if you're up for the challenge, <laughs> you yeah, accept the challenge. Yeah, Caleb will guard you. <laughs> Landon already. I Landon already said it. I'm. <laughs> Go balls. We got some guys that saying GBO. Go 90, balls. It feels like 98 in here. It does. It feels good. Feels like 98. It actually does feel kind of good in here. <laughs> like. It doesn't feel like 98 degrees. But no. It feels like 98. Dude, it's supposed to be in the 80s tomorrow. I know. I, I, t- I, I love cold weather. So everyone that's like, oh, this is miserable. I'm like, this is the, especially during the day. Yeah, you are kind of weird. You do like cold weather. I have nice jackets. That's why. I look, <laughs> I look great in pants. <laughs> you do look good. You look good in shorts too, though. I look all right in shorts. <laughs> I look all right in shorts. I won't, I won't, I'm not, I'm no Josh Allen. Yeah. I'm you no look Josh great Allen. in purple pants. Yeah, oh, I would. <laughs> all purple. Um, jumbotron though. What do you you got anything? I don't. Well, I know we didn't. I just realized we didn't pick one out. And that was that was my fault. I'll take that. that I mean, that was my fault too. Um, hmm. Let's go. Fa- favorite, like ninety eight game. Yeah, yeah. Let's since we just except for the national championship game, which is obviously going to be everyone's number right. one of the season. So we're going to rank the favorite since we've. That's our first time ever watching the entire regular season mm-hmm. through. Um, so yeah, rank our top games. I'll go first. My, my favorite one to watch, and I guess, cause I really haven't watched it in, at, for a very long time. And that was the Syracuse game. Yeah. Very close game. And, and you saw Donovan McNabb, um, who else do they have? Javon Curse. You know, that, that was, that was a really good team. And I, I like that one. It was away. It was at Syracuse, and Syracuse is not a great team now, but they were back then, and um, that was a game I kind of forgot about. So right. I'll, I'll go with Syracuse for my number one. Fair. My first one is, it's easy. It's Florida. It's the yeah. it's my favorite it's, John Ward call. 
Um, it's the game everyone talked about growing up, besides the, you know the national championship game. That was the premier game. A lot of people say it's uh, Spurrier's best Florida team, and you brought them to England, uh, and you beat them. And it's, um, it's a fantastic football game all around. Yeah, I uh, I'll, I'll probably go with Florida number two. I feel like that's a that's an easy one to to throw in there. Um, but I've seen it so many times that I'll probably pick it number two. Right. I'm going to go with uh, kind of a weird one. I'm going to go with South Carolina. Just an absolute thumping. Okay. And it was fun to watch T. Martin sling the ball around. It Threw was. for over 300 yards in that game. And just a, that was, again, another fun football game to watch. Uh, fun to watch Tennessee just absolutely dominate and thrash someone. Uh, and T. Martin was not, you know, we were not a pass-first team. And that game we threw the ball a ton. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, my number three would probably be Probably Kentucky, just because like they they had a lot. Their air raid, Mike Leach, their best Tim Cow, best season in fourteen years. Yeah, and we just annihilate them. Yeah, well, we yeah. scored fifty nine points on them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, just dominating. Arkansas game was probably up there too. Oh, Arkansas's up there. It's hard to it's hard to keep this one out of my jumbotron, but my dad would be proud of me for saying this. Alabama. Anytime you beat Alabama, it's a good day. Um. I mean, that's it. It's that simple. We beat like Alabama. The, and the Vanderbilt game was fun, too. Shutting them out and right. beating them like the little brother they are. That's oh, yeah. In a stadium filled with orange. Good to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's plenty of honorable mentions on this on this schedule. <laughs> yeah, you could probably go all of them. Yeah. Um, stupidity. Stupidity. I'm pretty sure I have a couple. <laughs> I, I think I've got a few, too. Uh, my first one is my good friend... Who was not happy with me at all? Um, it's the guy that tweeted at uh, was it Ansley or I don't remember somebody. He tweeted at one of the coaches because they tweeted out a video of um, of Tennessee running out of the T, and he tweeted back and was like, "Coach, I've been a season ticket holder for thirty years, and Tennessee's standing on the wrong sideline." I just was letting him know that that's not true. Before nineteen ninety four, Tennessee stood on the west sideline where they stand now. The SEC made them change it because of where our student section is. And that's why I, during the 94 season, we switched back. They pulled that rule or changed it. So Tennessee was able to switch back to the original sideline, which is the West sideline. And he was like, I'll just go through the, through this. Um, he essentially, he deleted the tweet. So I guess he was like, yeah, uh, I guess he had to think I was right in some way, but essentially he was like, let's see if I can find it. Got a lot of tweets. Yeah, I know. This is I've been all over Twitter because uh, the guy was like, "You don't have a job," and I was like, "I mean, you're not completely wrong right now. <laughs> I'm applying for it. So anybody's gonna offer me a job, please let me know." Wait, um, but he was also tweeting. That? He was like, "Get off on." He was like, "Get off Twitter and get a job." I was like, "You're on Twitter. <laughs> get a job." He said, um, "You should have said more important." This is my favorite thing though. So he was essentially like, "It just reminds me of the Tennessee." But if he had his season tickets for thirty years, he would have known that we originally stood on the West Sideline. So that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's stupid. Then he said, then I was like, well, um, some people think of Johnny Majors and Robert Nealon when they think of Tennessee football. I know that seems crazy to you. And he was like, uh, well, I wasn't alive for that. I was like, oh, I didn't realize that the history of Tennessee football only goes back to your date of birth. Jesus. <laughs> I know. I was like, what in the world? I wasn't alive, so it didn't happen. And he was like, <laughs> I simply stated an opinion for my 30 years of experience. Stating that Tennessee was on the wrong sideline is not an opinion. That would be what we know as a fact. They were on the wrong sideline for 16 years. 
Ugh. and then change back. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, my next, my first one is Sports Nation tweeted a question that said, "Would Kentucky beat the seventy-two ten Chicago Bulls?" Dude, that is the why is the Sports Nation a thing? I don't know. I didn't even know it was still a thing. Also, like, what? Morons. Morons. The entire, like, okay, number one, no, they would not. Number two, why is that a question? Yeah. Who cares? Kentucky wouldn't beat, like, hardly any NBA. I mean, you're absolutely correct. Who cares? But at the same time, it's like, that's not even, like, no, they would lose (laughs) by 80. Yeah. They could literally, like, if they're like, hey, I'll give you thousands of dollars if you, like, have the score at this. And the Chicago Bulls could go out there and match that score. Right. Do you think that uh, do you think Memphis East with James Wiseman could beat? Um, we didn't have a national championship this year. Um, do you think they could beat the Kentucky team? Oh no from, doubt, no doubt. From twenty twenty, yeah. They uh, honestly, they might be able to beat Vanderbilt. <laughs> that that actually is <laughs> that fair. Um, Max Kellerman coming in absolutely hot. Mm. So he was asked if you would rather have Steph or Iguodala take the last shot, and Max Kellerman. Said Iguodala. <laughs> I don't. Why is that? Even, why is that a question? You have one of the purest shooters in the NBA on your team, and you're asking if you should let someone else take the last shot. Stupid. Uh, I love that video because the guy that starts laughing is hilarious. He like starts laughing before he even finishes his sentence. <laughs> Which I was like, Iguodala. Yeah. yeah, that man's a moron. Um, my next one is at. Old Rose Swig. He says, Kooks greater than Pogues. Yeah, that's dumb. Wait. Yeah, no. That's dumb. Yeah. What? You can't support the rich people. Come on. And, like, it'd be different if those rich people were, like, nice. <laughs> those rich people were assholes in that show. Dude, yes. that's a good... I'm, like, ready for season two of Outer Banks. That was a good show. It was a good show. Classic teen drama. And the, uh, the writer's a VFL, right? He's from Knoxville. But... I think it's a woman. I believe. Oh, is it? I believe. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, VFL. Even though, <laughs> even the, if they whoever, don't support Tennessee. Man or woman uh, is from, whoever they are, is from Knoxville, yeah. Okay, so VFL. Yeah. What about Kenny Chesney? No. <laughs> because that was tweeted That was tweeted out today. That was tweeted. Oh, dude, what? So people were saying, no, not Kenny Chesney, Morgan Wallen. It's Dolly Parton. Did we forget about Dolly Parton? It's How Dolly did Dolly we Parton. forget? Dolly Parton is... Is the state of Tennessee, anything Tennessee, Dolly Parton. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm that simple. like, I enjoy listening to Morgan Wallen as much as the next guy, but it's not Morgan Wallen. Oh my God. I'll give Morgan Wallen credit. He has a good Tennessee football song, but that's, that's all he's got. Had me by halftime. That's a good song. Good and song. he said he was going to cut the sleeves off a Peyton Manning jersey. No. Um. Never. Somebody did that. That's sacrilegious. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you who it was because you're gonna be like, "Oh, that makes sense." That's but sacrilegious. I'll tell you after the show. That's fair. That's sacrilegious. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. I don't care where you. I don't care if you bought it from China. Sacrilegious to cut the sleeves off Peyton Manning jersey. Yeah, don't do that. Like, if if any girls cut it, cut a jersey, a Peyton Manning jersey into a crop top, burn them at the stake. Now, if if Peyton Manning were to come out at a Morgan Wallen show with a cut off Peyton Manning jersey, that would be cool. Yeah, but he's the only person allowed to do that. He, yeah, he's the That's only it. one. You can only have Peyton Manning. And he has to, like, Bill Belichick it. He has to do it himself. Yeah. He can't He can't be like, hey, cut these for me. Dude, cutting the sleeves are hard. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, not if you just go right up the seam. 
I know, but then it looks like dad mode. Like I mean, if, yeah. If, if you're like making a workout shirt, it's tough. It's tough. I don't disagree. Just, you got yeah. You got to go right up the seam to be easy about it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I if, if like if I was somehow had the opportunity to cut the sleeves for Peyton Manning, I'd be like, sir, I apologize so much. I would love to do that for you, but you have to understand, I can't. I tried to make like a, a workout shirt, um, so I tried to cut the sleeves off. And first, it was like dad. I was like, ah, I got to go more. And it got to the point where I was just like, I just got so mad, I just ripped the shirt up, like as. Went full on Hulk on it and just threw it in the trash. Yeah, you probably should just keep sleep. You're probably too old to have cut off sleeves, so that's probably good. I'm too old for that? Yeah. I've seen like, what? 45 year olds are in. That doesn't make it right. <laughs> that doesn't make it right. I know. Well, I'm not. Okay. That, I'm... I did it for the. For working at home. Like, I used... I'm not, I'm not going to go yeah, out. Yeah, that's fair. I used to have some great. I, I used to be able to do that in high school. I used to have some really good ones that came all the way down. Because the, the I, I want to, like, if I'm working out on the deck, I want to tan. Let me get tan almost everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll do it for you if you need. I used to be able to. Okay, you're pretty key, good at the, it. The key is to rip it. You don't cut it. Okay. You cut it and then rip it. Okay, I tried that too. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's not the key. <laughs> I haven't done it. In a while. <laughs> maybe you can do a better job than I. Can. <sighs> I, don't, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't trust it. I wouldn't. Yeah, guys, if you like Kenny Chesney as a country singer, it's fine, but he's not a Tennessee fan. It's that simple. Yeah. It's that simple. Um, he's the worst. Yeah, you, you can like him as a country artist. That's fine. I'm a big back where I come from. Paint your name on water tank. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you wear an Alabama hat, you trade in your Volcard. I do have a great pitch for him for his next stadium tour, if he'd like to hear it. He has to come on the show to hear it. Oh, so you're not going to say it? <laughs> no. No free. No free stuff around okay. here. No freebies. I was just like that. I mean... Kenny Chesney is welcome on the show anytime. He the wants. Boys of Fall is about his fandom, not about actual Boys of Fall. Well, he didn't really play high school football. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> From everybody I heard at Gibbs. If you'd like to defend that, you can come on the show and talk about it. Ooh. Oh, we got Virginia Tech fans in here? Yeah, he said he's bored. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, you should go watch the 2016 Battle of Bristol game. <laughs> if you're bored. I mean, you like... <laughs> I probably need to go back and watch it too because I didn't really see it. <laughs> we were there, but I don't really—I didn't really see it. I was drunk and seven football fields away from the field. Yeah, so, it felt like watching. Like it felt like I was watching the game, the Tennessee game from my home, but not on TV. Like I was like, "Huh, I kind of wonder if I can hear the announcer from here." Yeah, that's what it felt like. I go. It was like when um, you get to like a. a a baseball like complex and you're trying to see like what's happening on like three fields away. Yep. You're just like, what's going on? I think I heard something exciting going. (laughs) Somebody's cheering. Was that our whistle or the other fields? (laughs) That's not baseball, but you get it. (laughs) You get it. There could be whistles in baseball. Umps are crazy nowadays, man. I saw where the 10 year anniversary is the guy, uh, the guy who, Lost his perfect game because with two outs, they called that guy safe at first base. Uh, what was that? I don't, I don't think I know which one. So, I think he was with the Tigers. Um, he, he had a perfect game. Um, two outs, bottom of the ninth. They hit a ground ball to the first base. He throws it, all, throws it to the pitcher. The pitcher steps on the bag right before the guy touches first base. They call him safe. Oof. And back then, they didn't review price. Right. right. And so, they ruined his, his perfect game. Mm, on a bad call. On a bad call. Man, even if it's close there, I know you're usually supposed to go with the runner, 
But you gotta know the situation. Yep. You gotta know it. Right? You're out. You're out. I don't care if he's saved by two steps. You're out. Like, you're out. If you know a, a quarterback's on his way to, you know, a 400-yard game with no drops or no incompletions, and it's close, you call that good. Yeah. Like, that's a catch. Catch. You got, I mean, right? If you really, if you genuinely enjoy the game you're a part of, you got to know what's going on in it. Yeah. And I'm not saying just give, I'm not saying just give him the benefit of the doubt. Two steps might be a little much, but if it's close, I'm calling him out every time. Yep. Every single time. Yeah. Um, before we get off here, Hokey Phil said, thanks for kicking our ass in 2016 because we won the Coastal after that. You're welcome. <laughs> hey. I'm, not, I'm not against Virginia Tech winning stuff unless they're playing Tennessee, so you're welcome. Um, guys, thank you all so much for listening. We uh, really appreciate it. You can find this on YouTube uh, tomorrow. Also, you can watch it on Periscope at any, or on Facebook Live at any point. Uh, we'll also have it on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you listen to a podcast, more important issues. We'll be there. Make sure you follow Volunteer Roadshow on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Make sure you follow more underscore issues on Twitter, more important issues on Facebook, and more important issues 16 on Instagram. Am I leaving anything out? Winner. So the winner of the $25 gift certificate to Hound Dogs is... Crap. I wasn't ready. Terry Pierce. Terry. Back it up, Terry. Um, so you won. So to cash that in, um, you will email C at volunteerroadshow.com or Ratliff at volunteerroadshow.com within a week to claim your $25 gift certificate to Hound Dogs. Again, go check out our sponsors. Um, like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, um, Instagram. We're getting Instagram going. Getting Instagram. Um, like this show, share it, do whatever you need to do. Also, don't discredit the national championship Never. winner. Don't Never. do that. Don't do that. T Martin. Um, that's all I got. You got anything else? That's it. We're bringing the boat in and we out.